Welcome to another episode of In It For The Long Run, the podcast for the lessons we learn when we commit to long-term journeys. My name is Claudia Fermanchik, and I'm joined by my co-host, Trenis McCombe. Hello, Trenis. Hello, Claudia. Well, that's a crazy coincidence because I love long-term journeys and I love lessons, so I think I'm in the right place. Glad to be joining you here on the episode today. Yeah, no, you're you're right where where you need to be, clearly. So that's good. <laughs> no, I'm super excited for today's guest, Viana Metza. Yeah, I am excited to hear from her as well. She's obviously been an avid runner, running well over what was it, 14 marathons, 15 marathons now. Mostly running one per year since 2011. So that's that's really exciting. I'm sure she'll have some great advice for us. Super, super excited to hear her experience. She's, I think, our most experienced runner we've had on the podcast so far. And I think we can also give a bit of a runner's update, a race update. From my end, I, I have a, a bit of a milestone that I achieved this past weekend. I did uh, half a marathon in two hours, which is my goal time for the full marathon. So if I can keep that up, then I'll be a very happy man. But uh, 13 miles in two hours, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Also, a couple updates with our favorite supporter on the podcast here, Miss Martha. She recently hopped on a call with me, and I told her about this this half marathon that I did. And she is deeply, deeply concerned because she does not believe I have run a full marathon, and she doesn't me to be surprised with the actual marathon. So her advice uh, was to run the entire 26 miles at a like casual like jogging pace and I said mom do you realize that'll take about seven hours of the day and by the time I'm done I will I will be like I don't know in Minnesota at that point so she's uh she had to take recant that but yes she's I think she's holding her breath until I'm able to run a full 26 miles Claudia what are your race updates for the podcast you know, I will say when I talk to most people that run marathons, I don't think most people run a full marathon before the actual race day. I think most people like get up to 20 and they say, once you get up to 20, you'll be able to do 26 on race day, like given the adrenaline. That's the advice I've been told. But, you know, yeah. I think if you have time beforehand and you're ready so far in your training. So that's great. I'm so excited for you. So proud. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. I kind of had a tough day where I wasn't actually running as good as I wanted to. And I had a little bit of negative talk. So I'm just trying to get back into that positive mindset. And I'm going to feed off of your energy, you know, just like bring it here. But yeah, so maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get to learn a little bit something from, from our guest today on how to keep a good mindset. For sure. I'm sure she has a lot to say about that. Okay, today we have our guest with us, Viviana Metza. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> She's a 46-year-old mom of two who works with the strategic account service team at Amazon, and she's actually based in San Jose, Costa Rica. And we have Claudia with us as well, who is in Seattle, and I'm over in Chicago. Viviana, would you like to say hello? Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me today. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Claudia? I was in Costa Rica years ago, and this just popped in my head, but Pura oh. Vida? Is that right? <laughs> Where were you here? I was in San Jose. No, but I, that's like a, a saying that you guys say, right? Pura Vida, like pure life? Exactly. That's a pretty yeah. popular, yeah, Pura Vida. 
I just memory just came back those years ago, but um, yeah, no, so glad to have you on the show. Thank you. So we're going to kick off with our first segment, which is that's a stretch, otherwise known as two truths and a lie, just to get to know Viviana a little bit better. Viviana, the rules of the game are you tell us two truths and one lie, and Claudia and I will do our best to figure out which are the truths and which are the lies. One note, though, please wait for us to both take a guess before letting us know which is the truth and the lie. Otherwise, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. What are your two truths and a lie? Okay, so we'll start with we're here in Costa Rica. We only do five years of high school, not six as you do. So you have an idea. I graduated from high school when I was 16 years old. That will be the first one. I have two golden retrievers. And I actually had a first career in which I was a biologist. Mm. I'm really hoping that the, the golden retrievers are true because that sounds really adorable to me. <laughs> um, yeah, Trinus, you got excited. I saw you yeah. kind of like open your mouth and go like, ah! <laughs> Put my heart on my, my, hand, my hand on my heart. Got a little excited. Going to say that the biologist one is a lie, but Claudia, what do you think before we hear the results? There was some hesitation, but I don't know. I feel like she might be trying to throw us off. She's she's an athlete, she's trying to be competitive. I will say, I think you have one one retriever, maybe not two, so I'll say that one. Okay, so the lie was the biologist. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) I actually have two golden retrievers. Their names are Nala and Mila. And actually, Nala is the mother of Mila. And yes, I did graduate at 16-year-old. I uh, have a a sister that is seven years older than I am. And she actually taught me how to read and write when I was in, in preschool. So when I was going to preschool, they actually, I already had knew how to write and how to read. So... The principal of the school said, you know, maybe we try just putting her one year ahead and see how it works. And it actually worked. So that is why I ended up with 16 years in college. (laughs) So most folks graduate at 17, but you graduated at 16. Yeah, that is like, and now we have like when I graduated, this was not uh, something that a lot of schools in Costa Rica did. Now they have available like what they call international baccalaureate. So now they do the six years. So it's pretty common now to have that. But when I graduated, it was not that common. Do you run with your dogs ever? You know what? I haven't. I never taught them like how to run. So it's actually something that you have to do when they are smaller. Like these ones are like 11 years old and seven years old. So they are too old to learn now. And they're pretty big dogs. So you actually have to teach them like when they're small. I remember just a side note. This is just another memory I had. I never got a chance to go, but I know in San Jose, there's like a park where you can like hire, like, a, or there's like a pack of dogs to like play with or something. I think they uh, might be like trying to have them adopted. Uh, probably, yeah. In the center of the city, like a big park. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gone there, but turn out, I think maybe you'll have to go visit after your reaction. <laughs> I, I am more than excited to come to San Jose oh, specifically for the dogs. Here. Costa Rica is beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah it, no. it is really beautiful. 
I've only um, ever done, I think I've been to Port, yeah, Puerto Rico, but never, never to Costa Rica. That's about as, as far to South America as I've been. But yeah, I'd love to visit one day. Uh, what do you haven't run with your dogs, but have you run with your, do you run with your kids often? You have two sons? I have two, but actually not. Like now recently, my 20-year-old daughter, she told me that she wants to run a marathon when she's 25. So now I have one that actually wants to lose. The other one, he plays soccer, like in a big team here in Costa Rica. So he says that by the time that she actually trains for the marathon, he will run it with us. But he's more like, you know, like she's not into sports at all. Like she's a graphic designer and she's, you know, she paints and she's like on the creative side. And the most sports she has done is like she used to be like in a dancing team. But that was it. But uh, probably I will end up doing that marathon with both of them. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And you started running more seriously about 14 years ago. Is that right? When you kind of started your first marathon? I actually started because I wanted to run a half marathon. And it was actually when my son was born. He was probably like, I don't know, like a year or two years old. And I started thinking that I wanted to do something like for myself, like something that I could say, you know, this was all my work and I put all of this and, you know, that idea. And uh, half marathon sounded like a pretty good idea, like something that I could do also with the schedule of the kids because they were pretty small. And it was really funny. Like I started running and I said, like, okay, I'm going to run at five in the morning because the little one who used to wake up like at four and he will eat and then he went back to sleep. And I was like, this is great because at 5 a.m. then I can go and run and it will be okay. And then he started waking up at 5 in the morning. So then I started going at 6. And it was just like, you know, it was just going around that until until he actually, you know, slept more and everything. But I, I never stopped running after that. But it was actually, yeah, when he was born that I started running. Then after a while of running, I said, you know, maybe I, I thought I was never going to be able to run a marathon. I thought that... It required like a lot of dedication, time, and that I was not able to do it. But I had like some friends that were actually running a marathon. And I was like, mm, I think this is a good idea. And then I started doing it because of that. Even after running the half marathon, you still weren't 100% sure if you wanted to do like a full marathon. But then after some time, you're like, okay, well, maybe this is, is doable. Because I guess, yeah. Me, it took me good two or three years to actually mm -hmm. want to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. I mean... By now, when you start doing it, then you find it like something like, you know, that you can do it. I mean, I, I never think it's an easy process because it's not, but you get used to it. And I think that you start like, you know, with all your friends, your runner friends and everything is running a marathon and everything. And it becomes like really something like very common that you talk about, but it's not. I mean, running a marathon, it's not easy. It's not like something like just to take it like so light. It's just you get used to it because the world of the runners is like that. I mean, everybody, oh, yeah, everybody's running a marathon. Yeah, it's like something, but it's not. I mean, it's a big thing. So when you think about when, like for me, when I started looking at the marathon, it was actually like something so big that I was not sure that I could do in everything. It's not only like the will to do it, but the time to do it, to do it okay. Because, uh, I mean, I think anyone can run a marathon. I mean, anyone that can put their heart on it, they will do it. But you want to do a marathon where you are able to actually run it good, enjoy it. I mean, there are the marathon, there's a point of suffering at some point in all the marathons. I'm not going to lie. It happens. There is a point, but it goes away. 
but the thing is you need to go in there like being your best you know and enjoying mm -hmm. everything and being able just to remember the race and everything that you saw in the race and how you felt and everything that is what the process is for so when you're able to do that i mean that is like the best race that you can have so i think that when you haven't done it and you see it it's such a big challenge that it's not like appealing for everyone so you know i was away from it like for a long time because i thought i was not ready for it once you do it then you know why you think like that it's because it's true <laughs> you actually need to be really sure that you want to put on that otherwise it's just like a race that you're going to suffer and it's not an experience that you actually want to have yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking if I were to run the marathon, I'd just be like, oh, I want to get through this. I want to get through this. And you're pushing through the pain. And especially where we're going to St. George, everyone always says, oh, but it's so beautiful. But I'm like, I feel like when your your legs are aching and your heart is like beating a million miles an hour, the last thing you're thinking about is the view. I guess, how do you like center yourself when you're in the middle of the race to be like, hey, I mean, it's physically enduring, but like, I want to enjoy this. How do you get yourself into that mindset? You know, the thing is the training. The training does everything for you. I mean, the suffering is during the training. That's why everybody tells you, like, you know, you're going to go and pick the medal. You actually already won the marathon. And that is true. It's because all that happens during the training. I don't remember. A rate. I mean, there is a point of suffering in the marathon, of course. And you don't know when it's going to happen. Sometimes it's in at the 20K. Sometimes it's the 30K. Sometimes it never happens. Sometimes you really have good races. But the thing is that once you start racing, you are going, it's just funny because you never, you never get to experience the 42K when you are, or the 26 miles, you never get to race that. So on training, you're never going to know how you're going to feel. You never race actually at your race pace during your trainings. You just mm -hmm. get close to it, but it's not like the same thing, but race day is different. Race days is like your start, and it's like if you have already all your life you have run at that pace. You are going if you do like the right process and it's good for you, then you're just going. It's going to feel natural. I mean, I don't know, like because every training is different. Like in my case, my marathons are always like I start like marathon play, pace plus twenty seconds. Then I have to change to marathon plus 10. And then, you know, at some point I have to run marathon pace for the rest of the race. So yes. that feels natural. When you start doing it, it will feel natural. So I think it's just part of the process. That's it. And sometimes it will come to a point where you know that where you are, that is where you have to stay, that you're not able to run faster. And that's okay. I mean, the thing with the marathon, I used to have a trainer and he always said, that the marathon was a, a race that was very difficult because it depends all in one day. And mm. you need literally to have the stars aligned just to everything goes smoothly and fine. But the thing is you can have like a perfect training and then on race day, something can happen and something so like you cannot control as rain, as too hot. You ate something the night before that you probably ate the whole training and it was okay and then on race day, it was not okay for your tummy. I mean, anything can happen. There are so many things that can go wrong that actually having a good marathon is something like, it's it's like a miracle. So that that is something that you have to keep in mind that, I mean, you have to go trying in your best, but you don't know what the marathon is going to bring. And I think that's part of the charm that it has. 
I mean, it's like a love-hate relationship. <laughs> but the <laughs> thing, you never know how it's going to turn, to turn out. You have a, like a close idea. I mean, if your training was good, you were going to be very secure about what you're going to do. And that is why you need to, to have really clear, like to be comfortable in the place that you have been training, to be comfortable with the numbers that you talk with your trainer and just bring that into the race. Mm -hmm. But I always say like, bring several plans into, into the race. I mean, there's plan A and this is what I want to do. But if I have to switch to plan B, it's okay as well. I'm just going to try to have a good race because a lot of things will happen in those, in those 26 miles. And I know that you're very experienced the marathon. I see the list here. You've almost run a marathon every year since 2011. I think there's maybe one gap year in 2021. So I'm sure you're really well experienced with when you've had those runs probably where everything did align and also when they did not. Can you give us a good example of maybe the worst run and how you got through it and then maybe the best run you've ever had as well? Yeah, I always say the first one is really the, the most beautiful because you don't know what you're going to, you know, you, you, you just don't know. I mean, they can tell you what 26 miles are going to look like. You're going to have the trainings and everything. But the first marathon is always the nicest one. It's just everything is new. Everything is beautiful. All the things that you learn about yourself in those kilometers, miles, it's just amazing. I mean, just every step that you take and being able to finish that is just overwhelming. So I think like the first one will always be. Then I think also it's, it's safe to say that your best time, when you get your best time in your best marathon, that's going to be. I, I have my best time in Boston in 2019. And I remember it's just a, a beautiful race. I mean, everything was perfect. It was one of those races that everything was perfect. I remember that when we got to the village where the start line was, it was kind of raining. So, you know, when you see rain in the marathon, you start thinking, oh, it's not going to be the best race, you know. But it was just the perfect race. I mean, I felt pretty good the whole race. I was, like, really strong. The last, I ran negative splits. I mean, Boston is a very peculiar race because the second half is considerably more difficult than the first time. You have a lot of hills and everything. I mean, I run, I have a video where I see myself running those hills and it was like, just, you know, everything was perfect. So that was like my best race. My worst race was I, I qualified for Boston Jersey in 2018. And then I ran Berlin on the same year in, oh, in November, October, November, I think it is. And I remember that I had like my qualifying time from April. So you will think that you will land something close to that and that it's going to be a better race and whatever. And I remember that I got into the race and then I think after the half marathon, I started feeling horrible. Like my stomach was just, you know, I felt horrible, horrible. And you start when that started happening, you start with the, with the idea that you need to stop. And that's the worst thing that can happen when you're running because you know that if you stop, it's very difficult just to get back. I mean, probably you can run, but you are not going to get your pace back. It's really, really hard. But it came to a point, I mean, I, I really tried like for a, for a, a, a kilometer, 
And then after that, I was like, I can, I have to stop. So I have to stop passing. I don't know, probably, I don't know, two minutes or whatever. I came back into the race. And when I came back into the race, I had this idea that I could just get back to my race pace and actually faster just to get my two minutes back. And it was a recipe for disaster. I mean, it was not bad in numbers. I I think I landed like five minutes more than my race in April. It was in the same year. So it's not that bad, but I felt horrible. It was just a horrible race. So I remember when I, uh, I mean, that race is pretty beautiful. I mean, Berlin, when you get into the, the Bradford Gate and everything is just amazing. And I remember I got in there and the world record was broken by Kipchoge that year. So they had like really, pretty big signs that said the world record was broken. And I was feeling so bad. And then, you know, my stomach was saying, my race was horrible. I was like, how can this be happening to me the day that they broke the record? So it was horrible. It was horrible. It was just, and it was just, uh, you know, stomach problems. And after that, I spent a whole year trying to figure out what happened to me. I tried different, you know, uh, different gels and I tried everything until I landed with what worked for me. So at the end, it's just a matter of, you know, just checking what went wrong, see, you know, and being okay with it. Because the thing is like, you know, you have to enjoy this and you have to figure out I mean, what happened, what can I fix? And, you know, I tried like I, everything that I tried on that race, I tried it before and it didn't work on race day. So you have to be okay with that happening. I mean, it's just like, the thing is that you train like for 16, 20 weeks and you're like, why something that I tried for so long didn't go right? But it happens. So you just have to be okay with it. And as I say, the training is something that you really have to enjoy. And you have to see every training like a little victory because each training brings something into the marathon. And if it doesn't turn out the way you in the marathon, it's okay. There's going to be, I mean, I know people that have tried like three, four, five marathons until they land into what they have been training for. And that that's okay. That that is the way that it works with the marathon. So that's why I say that you really, really have to love the business because sometimes it's just very ungrateful. All part of the process. No, but you, Claudia, but now I'm feeling a, a little bit of pressure here because we only have one marathon scheduled. So everything has to go just right for this, for this one marathon. <laughs> it will. Um, first <laughs> ones are beautiful. First ones are the best. Well, I wanted to kind of emphasize the fact that you said you took 20 minutes to just take a break from the run, and then you managed to get yourself to go back to the race, and, and you actually finished it. What was some of that self-talk that you gave yourself in those 20 minutes to get your head in the right space? Because my understanding from running, yes, there's that physical aspect, but it's so mental. And especially when you're having such a hard time, like how did you get yourself to even be able to like restart again? Cause that, that sounds like it was quite the challenge. Yeah. You know what, actually, when you get to the start line, your body's ready to do the marathon. I mean, mm. you, you will be able, unless something happens, I mean, you trip or, you know, something big, but your body will be ready. If you do the right process, your body will do it. So that is where the head is the most important part. Your your mind will be your most important thing. And I always say, like the people that are running uh, a marathon, I always say, 
try to focus a lot the last couple of weeks in your mind. Try to work that part because that will be the most important part at that point. Two weeks before the race, what you're doing is just maintaining. I mean, the rest is done. But your head, that will be the most important thing that you bring into the race. And you start, everything starts happening on those two last weeks. You'll start having like all pains that you never had into the process. Every pain, I mean, everything that never hurt, it's going to start hurting. You start, you will go and start thinking when you do your easy pace that how can I run faster than this if I am feeling that I'm going to die at this point? Because that is the feeling that you get. You're like, I cannot run faster. And you start thinking, I always call them the suicidal thoughts that you start having before the marathon. And I think it's just, I don't know why your head does this, but that is where it's more important. Just there is like a good, I have never done it, but some people do it. I, I try to keep it in my head, but some people do it like to write how you feel after every run and what is important and what things that, you know, that you want to remember. If you do that, that is the moment that you have to start thinking about it. So, you know, when I start thinking my suicidal thoughts, I always say like, you know, I did this. I ran a 35K or I ran a 30, a 30K. There, of course, your trainer or, you know, are going to tell you like, you know, you have done this, this is going to be okay. But it's more like a, more like a self-assurance kind of thing. That, and that pep talk that you need to do, you need to really, really, you know, step up the game the two weeks before, you know, it's not easy to get to that part. So, I mean, you have run a ton of miles by the time that you get to the finish line. So that is like, you know, stay away from people that are going to tell you, you know, like I used to have a friend that got really anxious before the race and she was thinking about everything that could go wrong. And my thing was like, go away. I'm the one to talk to you. You know, you're not my kind of people at this point because you need positive, good thoughts. Think about all the things that you did during, you know, all this training all the trainings that you were able to to overcome, they're going to be good trainings, pretty bad trainings as well. And you know, every time that I had like a bad day or a bad training, my trainer will you will sit down with me and he was like, This is the moment that we need bad trainings to happen. Because then we need we can fix that. We can fix whatever went wrong. But we cannot fix it in the race. So it's okay. You know, if you're going to fail, if you're going to and not finish a training or whatever, this is the moment for that to happen. So you have to remember all that. And I always picture them as small victories. And I always say, you know, every time that you do a training the way you're supposed to do it and you feel good and whatever, keep it in your mind, you know, and, and bring it to race day because you were able to do all that. And I think uh, when you are having, I think it was Shalane Flanagan, the one that said that, you are going to have those moments in the race. And what you have to think about is that they're going to pass. And she always says that. It's like, it shall pass. It shall pass. And the thing is, it always happens. I mean, if you're feeling bad, just, I remember I had like, I think it was my last Boston was not a pretty good, I mean, it was a good race in numbers, but not a good, I didn't feel very well. I start struggling, I think, after I don't know, probably was like the 28K or something like that. And I remember that I was going to drop out. And then I said, no, I'm going to run until the next medical test. Because after the 25, I think they are like 
very close. Like, I don't know if it's every 5K or something. And then I came to the medical tent and I was like, I think I can do a little bit more. And then, it, and that it was the way that I was just pulling through the whole race. And then when I got to the 30K, I was like, this is just 12K. I'm not, I know I'm going to feel worse if I don't finish this race. And that was the way that I went all the way to the finish line. And actually, yeah, I was, you know, at, at this point, I was like, I will feel, I will probably feel way worse if I wouldn't, you know, if I had dropped out. But I think you have to do that because your mind is going to train to try to trick you. I mean, this, it's not natural. It's not something that you will enjoy. Your body's trying to do something that it's hard. And I think the natural way to the body is just to convince you that it's better to just, you know, get out of the race. But you have to think about all that and, and find beauty in everything that you see. I remember that, I mean, my kids have only gone to one of my races. They were very small when I started racing. And now, well, my uh, my oldest daughter, she went with me to London this April. And it was amazing. But before that, they never used to go to the races. And I remember that I used to take as mine, like all the signs that I saw of go mom and whatever. And I thought that those were my kids telling me. And I was always thinking about, you know, there is someone out there that is actually looking at me and getting inspired by what I'm doing. And all that keeps you like motivated a lot. And all the things that you see in the race also. I mean, you see a lot of, I mean, when you think about it, all the people that are in there, there's a thousand stories in there. A thousand stories of discipline or consistency or uh, a lot of parties that you didn't went to, a lot of things that you didn't eat to when you wanted to, uh, a lot of strength training, a lot of, you know, there, there's just a lot of stories. And actually you have to, get like you know a lot of inspiration of that and that will keep you going because i think that's the magic of that of the marathon yeah it definitely sounds like there's a lot of mental aspects in it too that that kind of proves that piece of it claudia you also mentioned that she's run 14 marathons how do you pick where you're going to run these marathons because we kind of have a list here with us at frankfurt new jersey paris like are you throwing darts at a map or is there like a dream list of marathons that you want to get to? How are you picking these? You know, it's funny. Like usually it depends like the group that you're running with and where are they going? That is like the truth. I would like to say that I chose like any of them, but not. I mean, Boston is because once you, I mean, Boston is a race that I, I always say you have to go to Boston every time you qualify because it's just, I mean, it's something that it's like so important to do in the life of a runner that, I mean, I will race it every time that I could. It's just that there are other races in April as well, and you cannot do both. But besides that, like all the other races, they have been like, because the group that I'm running, if they're running it, and mm -hmm. I just decide that I want to go there. Now, I decided that I want to finish the six majors. So now I... These are like the first group of marathons that I am actually doing because I know that I want to do that. But these are the last three that I'm doing like that. I mean, it's the first time that I know where, you know, where I will be in March and in November next year. And then Chicago was just because um, it was a, a late, it was invitation for the that championship. So I am going because of that. Otherwise, I would have run uh, New York this year to finish in Tokyo, my six majors. 
But so yeah, what, it's typically where everybody's going because it's nice to go with a group when you're running the marathon. Where are the six majors? Where are the what are the cities? It's uh, Chicago, New York, Boston, London, Berlin, and Tokyo. Mm, I see. So it's tricky because Boston, you have to qualify. So that's the one that probably uh, it's harder for everyone. London, it's a very hard marathon to get into. It's travel, but I mean, it's pretty much really, really difficult. So you have to pretty much buy every time you have to buy a package to get into the race. And Tokyo, they say it's kind of difficult because of the same thing. The raffle, it's hard to get into. So we'll see how it goes, if I get into or not. <laughs> we have our fingers crossed for you. Tokyo sounds like a really fun place to run a marathon, honestly. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like blocking off the streets with all like the lights on and stuff. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, they say it's really a nice marathon. It's pretty cold also mm. because February in Japan is very, very cold. But they say that the route, it's just amazing. They say that all the places that you see and everything, that is extremely organized, as you can say. So they say it's really, really, really cool. So looking forward to that. London was amazing. It's just beautiful, beautiful. You know that I always say, like, for Costa Ricans, our first races usually are in the U.S., and what U.S. races have is that they are perfectly organized. I mean, they're just perfect. So our first contact with the marathon is the idea of a U.S. marathon. When you get to Europe, Europe marathons are pretty disorganized. They're just crazy. So when you get in there and you're used to the U.S. marathons, it's actually a shock. I mean, it's a shock. So London is at U.S. organized marathon in Europe. Mm. So it's just perfect. It's the perfect marathon. So it's really, really, really nice. The, that one is like uh, on the top of my list. It's a really beautiful. I mean, you cannot beat just your finish line with the Buckingham Palace at the end. You know, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, Claudia, what do you say? Sign up for a London marathon next year. <laughs> See how this one goes first, but you know, you're convincing me. You're convincing me. Sounds like a fun trip. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm curious. So when you started this running journey, obviously the marathon was pretty intimidating at first. Now it's become very much a part of your life. What kind of things do you think you learned about yourself while running the marathon? Oh my God, so many. Like, you know, if I have to do my journey again, I will start running when I was younger because it has been just great. The first thing that I say is that the marathon teaches you that you can actually get yourself to anything that, that you want to do. I mean, it's just a matter of getting discipline or, you know, whatever you, but you can, you can do it. That's the thing. I mean, it's, um, it's like a huge challenge that when you start like putting everything together you're like wow i can do this and when you do you start thinking about all the other things in your life that you can do because it takes exactly the same thing i mean it takes discipline it takes your passion whatever you want to put in it so if it's a job if it's anything else that you can you can do it and i think the marathon teaches you that very well it teaches you to be disciplined because there's no other way to run a marathon if you don't do the work. 
So if you translate that into your life, you will become usually a person that has like, you know, like pretty clear schedules on when you want to work out, when you want to work, when you, you know, all that. So it's funny because when you talk not do that or they are not into the any sport or whatever they're like how do you do that how do you run so much and i'm like pretty much i'm done with running at six in the morning because i run pretty early because costa rica is really hot so you need to run earlier but when you hear that you're like okay you have to wake up early that's what you have to do you have so much job you you have to yeah, of course, everybody has something to do. You will have work, you have everything. It's just a matter of your priorities and what you want to do. So that would be for sure like the first thing that I can translate to, to my life from the from the marathon. And is that you know, whatever you put your heart into and you, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And also, um, oh, the other thing about the marathon is just having a lot of patience and knowing that everything takes time. I mean, even if you have run, like, you know, at whatever pace that you can think that it was like the best that you raced, when you start a process again, you have to start from scratch because you're not going to be in the same place. So you have to start falling in love with the process. And that is like one of the nicest thing about the marathon, because when you start, you don't know what you're going to get from it. You know, if you have patience, you do the, the work. And if you start tracking your progress, it's like really cool and nice just to see where you can get yourself to. Like every time you are a different athlete and you will get something different every time. So just being like, you know, just like testing what you're able to do. That is like my favorite part because then you start checking like, you know, well, I used to run, I don't know my one case in that and now I'm running in this and you know just being able to track that progress is just really 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 nice I think that's like a really beautiful note to kind of wind things down on but Viviana before we let you go we have a very exciting game for you uh, that we like to call what's in your backpack (laughs) (laughs) and so for this part of the podcast we're going to ask you what are your top three things I haven't run all these marathons. What are your top three things that you feel like you need to have with you when you run a marathon? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I need to have music. Mm. But for some reason, like, I just, I I found I just need to bring it with me. But (laughs) I have run marathons where I don't even turn it on. But I need to bring the music with me. You know, I need to know that I have my music with me. And I do like these playlists and, you know, and everything. I put a lot of love on it. And recently I found that I don't even turn it on, but I need to have it in there. Uh, so music for me, it's a must. I mean, I need to have my music with me. The second thing, it's like pretty funny. I don't know, just weird thing that I do, but I have to work, uh, wear two sports bras. Mm. I mean, I just all the time I wear two. And it's funny because like when I need to pack like my food and my things, like I pack them sometimes in between my two sports bra. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like a size 36 D when I start the race and then <laughs> by the end of the race. I like that trick. We'll see. I'm going to try that out in my next run. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> pack like my I snacks know. in there. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a girl thing. I just don't like the bouncing thing. So I use both of them for that. That's the reason. But, you know, it's funny. Like I have, like, I cannot run just with one. I, that's something that I cannot do. And then I would say probably 
my breakfast. I mean, I just, for my long runs, like I use, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the rice cereal that you give the babies. Mm. Like that is my, like I've always had like a lot of issues with what I eat and everything, as I told you before. So, you know, my breakfast is usually my rice cereal with a banana, like a Spanish banana and some honey on it. Like, you know, when I wake up in the morning for the long runs, that's like the thing that I was like, I'm going to have this one. So, you know, that is something that I I, I really, really look forward and I cannot, you know, that is something that's not negotiable. Like that is something that I need to have. Yeah, for sure. In our initial episodes, I've always told people that I'm like, oh, I think I can just eat like pasta and cake now that I'm running, right? I'm just going to burn it all off, but I would definitely love more reasonable diet tips. So if you have any more, let us know. And Viviana, before we let you go, I know that you started a, is it an online running virtual team, Aspire? Yeah. Yeah. How does that work? Well, the thing is, I had this trainer and he started this project. And when I started running for the London Marathon, I actually hired a trainer that was based in Mexico and I started training with him. Really, really, really cool. Like everything, the training and everything. But then when this ex trainer of mine brought this project, I talked to my Mexican trainer and he said, you know what? I love training you, but if you have someone that can actually see you in there, I mean, I can help you, but it will be way better just to have someone actually training with you in there. So I switched my training to this ex-trainer that I had. And when I came and I actually told him, like, you know, I want you to train me, uh, he said, like, yes, I will train you, but actually I have this project and I want you to be part of it. So we started the group with me. I was the first athlete in the group, which was nice. And the whole idea for the group was we saw that there are a lot of people that actually want to train and they want they want to run, but they don't have the time. And usually a running groups, they have like fixed days and times when you need to go with the group. And not everybody, not everyone can fit in those schedules. Like we had like a lot of moms that actually need to get kids ready for school and everything. And they, you know, they are free after they drop the kids from school. So they actually missed the, the, the meets. Um, we have people that actually don't like to wake up early and they're pretty disciplined, but they like to train at the end of the day. Uh, and they didn't have groups that actually do that. We had people that travel a lot that they need, you know, and, and they, they're pretty, you know, they will do the work. It's just, they like to do it alone because there's no other way for them. So we saw like a lot of people that were in that situation and we thought that why not just bring an option of an online training and but we what we did is like we put like three days a week that we meet and if you are I mean if you're traveling but that day you are in San Jose you can come to the group if kids are in vacation during the summer months then you can come to the group you know it's just open so it has been fun because at the beginning, like most of them, they just wanted like the online part. But by the time that they started uh, like meeting each other and running with them, like now we have like, especially on Saturdays that we have the long run, most of them are coming to run to the long run. So it has been nice. We have already around 26 persons in the group. We started uh, two months ago and it has been like very, very rewarding and nice. It's a different concept. So there are like 
it's a different type of athlete because it depends a lot on, on them on what they do and recently we got like the last group that we got there were four 25 year old kids that want to run a marathon so that is like super exciting because they don't know anything about running and they're like so excited about everything like everything is new and they don't have any experience on running they're pretty good as well so they already signed like for a race that we have a uh, half marathon in november so they're training for that and it's just it's been really 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 nice it's a different concept in in the fact that uh where we're trying is to help people that actually want to run and not make them feel that they're not doing something that they have to do because what happens is when people cannot get to the meets like at five in the morning they feel like they just are not doing like the right thing that that's like a mindset mindset that they have so just giving them the opportunity to do it and you know being able to track their progress and everything it's very nice and they're very motivated it's, it's funny just to see like how they actually are, you know, they do the job, they send you the trainers, they, you know, it's, it's it has been a, a really nice journey. Is this something you're encouraging anyone and everyone to sign up for? Are people just in the San Jose, Costa Rica area? No, anyone, anyone. We're actually, I mean, this came like, it has been like everything went too fast. Like we started with the idea of the project and then we thought, okay, we're going to work on this like for two months. But then we started having people that were interested in training with us. So we got the group before we were actually ready to have the group. So it has been like too fast, uh, but we are thinking already like in promoting the group. Like we know, like, for example, in Panama, they don't have like a lot of running groups, Colombia, uh, Mexico. So, you know, we, we would like to go outside of, uh, and even San Jose, like we have some uh, people that live outside of San Jose that could actually use the online programs, but we are working on that now just to to get the the group. I'm assuming it's mostly in Spanish. Otherwise, I was going to suggest maybe Trenos and I should join yeah. <laughs> the training group, but my Spanish is very poor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say for any of our South American and Central American listeners, yeah, free to join. But I don't know if Claudia I will be able to. But it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been nice. I mean, I I I am getting certified. Like I have the the, the level one U.S. track and field coach, but I am getting trained on on I'm getting certified on other one. And it's just like so nice when you have run for so many years just to understand a lot of the training and how it comes and why you do the things that you do and and being able to see it on on the on the athletes. It's it's really really nice. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us, Viviana. We'll check out on you when you come here for your, your Chicago marathon run. I'll hold up a sign saying Pura Vida. Did I say that right? Yeah, okay. good. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you thank so you much for having me. And please, please come visit. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was lovely meeting you and chatting with you. Thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a really nice chat that we had with Viviana. I'm really glad we had an opportunity to talk to her. My takeaway is honestly from this is the mentality aspect of the race is how much of it is not just your body, but in your head. It sounds like when she had a good race, it was in her mind. When she had body troubles and was slowing down a bit, it was still all in her mind. And she pushed herself all the way to the end, no matter what. 
I think I can take that away with me. And I, I know my positive talk. I don't even need to think about what my positive talk is. It's literally Nicki Minaj's lyrics from her new song with Ice Spice called Princess Diana. It's very specific, I know. Alas, any Nicki Minaj song will put me up to give me the energy I need to finish a race. So that's that's what I have on repeat in my head. Yeah, no, she, she had such great advice on how to stay positive in a run. And especially when she was saying like the suicidal thoughts like two weeks before. And I think for me, it's going to be really important to focus on all the runs I did do and all the work I did put in versus any of the days that I missed. And that's what I'm really trying to focus on is all the positives. And I think too, is like, Finding a group to run. I think that might be a good idea and be helpful to, for me. Uh, I might try to find a running group. So if anyone knows a good Seattle running group, I'm ready for the, any suggestions. Awesome. Well, Claudia's number is five, eight. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good little takeaway too. Yeah. A running group is always a good idea. I flirted with the idea as well. Let us know if you find a good one and we'll give them a shout out on the podcast. And thank you for listening to today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Autumn Horton. She is our editor and she does an amazing job of getting rid of our little bumps along the way. We'll talk to you guys next time on In It For The Long Run. Thank you.